I like the spirit of conversation here, but we need to get ourselves settled. Let me welcome you to the 42nd annual Oak Bible Reading Chapel service. 42nd annual. That's pretty good for an institution that's only 44 years old. Contrary to your thoughts, I have not been here for all of the years of this event. But I've been here for a lot of them. And it's a joy for me to welcome you into this uh, highlight of our year. I do see in our audience some former readers from uh, other years when we've had the Oak Bible Reading Chapels and I welcome them. It's a delight to have them here as well. We have gathered this evening to read and to hear the Word of God. Imagine that. Ancient words ever true, the songwriter wrote, changing me and changing you. Words of life, words of hope, words of strength. As you can tell from your printed program, this chapel service is a long-standing tradition at Nazarene Bible College and it has a rich history. Some of that is written on the back side of your program. I hope you'll take that with you and, and uh, read that in full at, your, at the appropriate time. The most important thing that can happen for us tonight in this service is to have an encounter with the Word of God. So we come together to do that. Someone has said, a new impression of the Word is given by passing it through human lips which had been taught to voice it with the clearness, dignity, and beauty it deserves. And I believe that we will get a new impression of the word tonight from our readers. So I want to challenge all of us to listen with our hearts and with our minds. As you listen to the readings in a few minutes, you will notice distinct differences in the passages of scripture that you hear and that is because we have a variety of genres of literature tonight. Each has its own unique purpose and because each is different there are different vocal demands for the readers. This is something we've learned in the class. We will hear words of testimony, exultation, and petition. We will listen to words of instruction we will hear persuasive appeals through words of caution, admonition, and challenge. And we will join with the characters of Scripture in life-changing experiences. So I want to encourage you to listen carefully as the students, we have a sample of students from the oral interpretation class, as they read, I'd like you to listen carefully and because of the nature of this kind of service it would not be appropriate for us to applaud between the readings so let's hold off, we'll get a chance later. And also I want to encourage you to just experience the word. Don't try to find it in your Bible, just close your Bibles and listen. I think that'll be a, a good way to approach this. In recent days, a brief poem has come to my attention, and the poem describes the Word of God in these ways. A lamp of our feet, by which we trace our pathway when we stray, stream from the fountain of God's grace, brook by the traveler's way, bread of our souls on which we feed, true manna from on high our guide and chart in which we read of realms beyond the sky, 
pillar of fire through darkest night and guiding cloud by day. When waves reach overwhelming height, our anchor and our stay. Word of the everlasting God, will of his glorious Son. Without it, how could earth be trod or heaven itself be won? Yet, to unfold its hidden worth, its mysteries to reveal, that spirit who first breathed it forth, its meaning must unseal. Lord, grant that we may truly learn the wisdom it imparts and to its heavenly teaching turn with simple, childlike hearts. I invite you, before the reading start, to express with me in song a prayer. And it's printed here on the left-hand side of your bulletin. It's entitled, Lord, We Hear Your Word with Gladness. We'll sing verses 1 and 2, and uh, Chaplain Lyke will lead us in that. Amen? You may be seated. Jesus was tempted to sin. Have no doubts about it. We are tempted to sin as well. Like us, Jesus will be tempted with lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the lust of pride. It is our response that matters. Jesus illustrated that even at our weakest moments, we can overcome temptation through the power of God's word. Be encouraged. We too can be victorious resisting temptation by knowing and living out the written word. Watch, watch, watch and pray that you do not fall in temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. We have a great high priest who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet was without sin. Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing, and afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. But Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, All this authority I will give you in their glory, for this has been delivered to me, 
and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Then he brought him to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered and said to him, It has been said, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time, because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when by his own evil desire, he is dragged away and enticed. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. The Lord knows how to rescue godly men from trials. Put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Resist the devil. He will flee from you. Come near to God. He will come near to you. If God is for us, who can be against us? We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face temptations of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of temptations. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. As a child, at age three, I was always taught by the instructions of my parents, 
being the youngest out of 10 children, I had to memorize some of this psalm. And if I didn't, a strap was waiting for me. And I'm so glad that my mother had a strap and made me learn this scripture because it followed me all the days since I'm here at NBC. It also carried me in most of my life experiences. Uh, the scripture, the light that it has, has been part of my life. Not knowing when I decided to move to Colorado Springs and the second time I was in service with, with New Life Church, there was a shooting. People were confused. And being in that room with a hundred pe people screaming for their either parents or their children, God gave me this anthem of praise. Psalms 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart should not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desire of the Lord, that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in a time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. And now shall my head be lifted up above my enemies, round about me. Therefore I will offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of great joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto my Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. For thou sayest, Seek ye my face. My heart said unto thee, Thy face will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, O Lord, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord take me up teach me thy way O Lord and lead me in a plain path because of my enemies deliver me not over to the will of my enemies for false witnesses are risen against me and such as breathe out cruelty I had fainted Yes, faded, unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait, O oh the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord.
from the time that the first churches were established to today. Christians have shown a tendency toward living in extremes. There is the extreme of legalism, which adds to our freedom in Christ. There is, adds laws to our freedom in Christ. There is the extreme of liberalism, which enables undisciplined living in our freedom in Christ. In his letter to the Galatian church, the Apostle Paul reminds us that love, directed by the Holy Spirit, brings us to the perfect middle. Love embodies freedom in Christ. Listen to the words of the Apostle Paul as he passionately proclaims this truth. Christ has made us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get all tied up again in the chains of slavery to Jewish laws and ceremonies. Listen to me, for this is serious. If you are counting on circumcision and keeping the Jewish laws to make you right with God, then Christ cannot save you. I'll say it again. Anyone trying to find favor with God by being circumcised must always obey every other Jewish law or perish. Christ is useless to you if you are counting on clearing your debt to God by keeping those laws. You are lost from God's grace. But we, by the help of the Holy Spirit, are counting on Christ's death to clear away our sins and make us right with God. And we, to whom Christ has given eternal life, don't need to worry about whether we have been circumcised or not, or whether we are obeying Jewish ceremonies or not. For all we need is faith working through love. You were getting along so well. Who has interfered with you to hold you back from following the truth? It certainly isn't God who has done it, for he is the one who has called you to freedom in Christ. But it only takes one wrong person among you to infect all the others. I am trusting the Lord to bring you back to believing as I do about these things. God will deal with that person, whoever he is, who has been troubling and confusing you. Some people even say that I myself am preaching that circumcision and Jewish laws are necessary to the plan of salvation. Well, if I preached that, I would be persecuted no more, for that message doesn't offend anyone. The fact that I am still being persecuted proves that I am still preaching salvation through faith in the cross of Christ alone. I only wish these teachers who want you to cut yourselves by being circumcised would cut themselves off from you and leave you alone. For dear brothers, you have been given freedom, not freedom to do wrong but freedom to love and serve each other. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love others as you love yourself. But if instead of showing love 
among yourselves. You are always critical and catty. Watch out! Beware of ruining each other. I advise you to obey only the instructions of the Holy Spirit. He will tell you where to go and what to do. And then you won't always be doing the wrong things your evil nature wants you to do. For we naturally love to do evil things that are just the opposite from the things the Holy Spirit tells us to do. And the good things we want to do when the Spirit has His way with us are just the opposite of our natural desires. These two forces within us are constantly fighting each other to win control over us, and our wishes are never free from their demands. When you are guided by the Holy Spirit, you need no longer force yourself to obey Jewish laws. But when you follow your own wrong inclinations, your lives will produce these evil results. Impure thoughts, eagerness for lustful pleasures, idolatry, spiritism, that is encouraging the activity of demons, hatred and fighting, jealousy and anger, constant effort to get the best for yourself, complaints and criticisms, the feeling that everyone else is wrong except those in your own little group, and there will be wrong doctrine, envy, murder, drunkenness, wild parties, and all that sort of thing. Let me tell you again, as I have before, anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, He will produce this kind of fruit in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. And here, there is no conflict with Jewish laws. Those who belong to Christ have nailed their natural evil desires to His cross and crucified them there. If we are living now by the Holy Spirit's power, let us follow the Holy Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Most of you may know the story of Jericho, but what you may not know is that this city was considered to be the mightiest military stronghold of all the cities in Canaan. God required his people to do something that on the surface appeared to be very foolish, but the Israelites proceeded in faith even though they did not fully understand. Even Joshua obeyed God's commands because he knew who was in charge. So the lesson here is this. We must have faith to overcome those obstacles in our lives that we see as an immovable city. 
But as in this story, our enemy, Satan, he has already been defeated. So why are we trying to beat or battle a beaten foe? God has already collapsed those walls. We just have to do the actions. Do not lose faith. For if God has asked you to do it, then it will be done. When Joshua came near to Jericho, he looked up and he saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence, and he asked him, What message does my Lord have for my servant, or for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out, and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the walls of the city will come down and the army will go up, everyone straight in. So Joshua, son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the army, Advance, march around the city, with an armed guard going ahead of the Ark of the Lord. When Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing their trumpets, and the Ark of the Lord's Covenant followed them. The armed guard marched ahead of the priest who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard followed the ark. All this time, the trumpets were sounding. But Joshua had commanded the army, Do not give a war cry. Do not raise your voices. Do not say a word until the day I say so. When I say shout, then shout. So he had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once. Then the army returned to camp and spent the night there. Joshua got up early the next morning, and the priest took up the ark of the Lord. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward, marching before the ark of the Lord and blowing the trumpets. The armed men went ahead of them and marched around the city once and returned to the camp. They did this for six days. Sorry, the armed men went ahead of them, and the rear guard followed the ark of the Lord while the trumpets kept sounding. So, on the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. They did this for six days. On the seventh day, 
They got up at daybreak and marched around the city in the same manner, except that on that day, they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, when the priests sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. And when the men gave out the loud shout, the walls collapsed, and they took the city. I think it has been an encounter with the Word, hasn't it, tonight? I'm glad I came. It's really a joy for me to uh, present a certificate of recognition to each of these readers that uh, have participated tonight. It's a, a lovely uh, remembrance, really, of the event. And it says, Certificate of Recognition, this certificate is hereby awarded to, and the person's name is there, in recognition of achievement in public reading of scripture and participation in the Oak Bible Reading Award Program on the 26th day of January 2011 at Nazarene Bible College, Colorado Springs, Colorado. And, uh, and I think while I give these to them, you would like an opportunity to thank them for the ministry they have had to you tonight. You know.
I do have a little secret that they don't know about, but I think I should tell my secret right now. In recent days, I've been in touch with uh, Dr. Oak's daughter, Verla Lambert Oak, and uh, she expressed to me on the phone that uh, she would like to honor the diligence of these students. She and her brother, Arvin, who are the, uh, the children of Dr. Norman Oak, would like to uh, give each of them $100 to honor them. And... Uh, <laughs> Pretty good secret, huh? Yeah. Okay. Well, and the plan is to present that at the awards chapel uh, in May. So it will be a part of, of our celebration of, of many kinds of awards that day. So uh, we'll, we'll hold off until then and, and uh, actually uh, be anticipating that little uh, reward. And we thank the Lord for uh, thank the Lord for their diligence and and how He has blessed them as they've read tonight and the ministry that has been to all of us. And I'd like for us to stand now. And I have asked uh, Dr. Gary Streit, our uh, academic dean, if he will pronounce the benediction. Let us pray. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Tonight, Heavenly Father, we have heard that Word expressed passionately. We have heard that Word expressed with fervor. We have heard your Word spoken well. And now our prayer is that we will take your Word, and that we will hide that Word in our hearts, that we might not sin against you. May it be true in each of our lives, we pray. In the wonderful name of Jesus, amen. <clears throat> 